Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat. Welcome back, my friends, to episode 116 of the BJJ Bricks podcast. My name is Byron. I'm here with my buddy, Gary. How's everybody doing today? I hope everybody's great, and if they're not, uh, maybe you didn't have Dude. such a great start today. You're going to have a great start once you listen to this podcast. We have Abraham Marte on the BJJ Brick podcast today. And definitely you want to stay uh, stay around and listen to that interview. He is an incredible competitor, and uh, uh, we're also talking about uh, uh, BJJforchange.org. So a uh, uh, great interview with uh, Abraham. Absolutely. He Just to give you an understanding of what he's, what he's doing, he lives in the Dominican Republic. He doesn't have a whole lot of elite guys to train with over there. Uh, pretty much his own students. And he's medaled at every belt level at Worlds, including black belt recently. So uh, amazing accomplishment. And he's he's going for gold next year. So, uh, or I guess this year, now that we've crossed the border of 2016. It's, uh, and what, that's, it's so cool. You think about somebody without, you know, the tons of high level training partners, you know, somebody to, uh, get in the gym every day and push him. And he's doing it, like you said, with just, uh, not a ton of training partners, his own students and, uh, and still competing and meddling at that level. So that's uh, incredible, and uh, he's going to share some knowledge with us. Yep, super busy guy. He's so he's a, he's a uh, elite competitor, and he also wants to help the children um, of his country with getting jujitsu out to them and, and helping them with all that it, it helps kids with, you know, helping kids learn, you know, like the value of hard work and discipline and, and, and building relationships with other kids and friendships and stuff like that. So his uh, – his thing he started was fighting for a dream, and that they now have teamed up with uh, BJJ for Change, kind of like a now it's like a super thing, you know, like it's really coming together well for everybody. So um, both those will have we'll have links to those on the show notes, and definitely check those out. Listen to this interview. Um, we talk a lot about jujitsu stuff in general and his training, and then finally we get to the stuff about the, the fighting for a dream and, and the kids in in his country, and it's you could tell he's real passionate about it. Uh, heads up here if. Uh, before we actually play the interview, it's a little ways out, but, uh, it's, this is an explicit episode. <laughs> so, uh, just a little, if you're playing that on your loudspeakers in the library or wherever you might be listening to, just be careful. It, a few, uh, F bombs get dropped here. And, uh, so heads up, my friends. <laughs> Watch out for those F bombs. But, um, hey, um, I know you like to listen to this show. So if you want to support us, check out our audiobook, uh, your first year in BJJ. It's a two and a half hour audiobook, um, kind of just like the show with Byron talking and guiding you through your first year of jujitsu, um, different chapters. Um, one of them is preparing for a tournament, which, you know, is a tough thing to do. It kind of gives you advice on what to expect and, you know, for your tournament and, you know, how to, how to do your best there. Um, but, you know, anything that could happen to you in your first year of jujitsu, which is normally the hardest year, uh, Byron's got great advice for you. Um, once again, it's called your first year in, in BJJ. It's only eleven dollars and ninety nine cents, and we have a link to it on the show notes. So definitely uh, check it out. Yeah, we appreciate any support you can give us, and uh, and that's probably the easiest way uh, to give us support. And we hope that it helps you as well. So uh, means a lot to us. 
Another way you could send us a little support is by sending us an email or a message on Facebook. We love hearing from you guys, and it's very encouraging. Um, we put in a decent amount of work and I put out a podcast every week, and it's always nice to get a pat on the back. Um, it's just a little encouragement. Hey, I enjoyed the show, and and uh, you know anything like that is 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 another great way to support us and and keep us uh, keep gas in the tank. Yep. And if you have any ideas for a future show, or if you know somebody who'd be a great person for us to interview, just let us know. We'd uh, like to uh, check that out and uh, maybe talk to that person. Good idea, Gary. Always always helping the show move along and and uh, help us with what's coming next. Um, uh oh. <laughs> no, that's what you're doing. You're helping us getting people up up in in the queue. You know. People, oh, I figured you know shows. coming next, you were going to start another audio book or something for me. I'm working on. Got me a little nervous. I've been working on an audio book for a long time. It's going to be about um, uh, kind of like the BJJ Brick concept of, of getting uh, good at a, a particular set of moves and, and really advancing your game uh, more strategic than just learning jujitsu, you know, in general. So uh, working on that. Been working on it for a long time. Uh, so uh, excited when that will come out, but uh, yeah, it's taking you no a long dig. time because you're, you're striving <laughs> for per- perfection. Uh, speaking of striving for per- perfection, you know, let's. I think we should go to our quote of the week. All right. Um, hey, this week we got a quote from uh, the ever popular uh, George Saint Pierre, and his quote is: "There is a difference between a fighter and a martial artist. A fighter is training for a purpose. He has a fight." I'm a martial artist. I don't train for a fight. I train for myself. I'm training all the time. My goal is perfection, but I'll never reach perfection. Man, good quote right there from George. And, you know, the crazy thing is most people would right off the bat say, hey, George is a fighter. Uh, you know, see him on TV. But George, like he says, he's a, he's a martial artist. And you think about that uh, he, what he says is uh, he's not necessarily training for a fight. Um, he trains for himself. And you think about that in jiu-jitsu. Think how many people train, don't necessarily get in fights, don't necessarily enter tournaments, but just train. And, I mean, there's a there's a ton of people who do that. They're just training to get better. To And, like you said, my goal is perfection. I, I will never reach that. I'll always be getting better. I think it's an awesome quote. Yeah, I think – uh, I might be wrong about Gary, but I, I think I fall in this category. I'm not, I don't have a, a tournament on my calendar. I don't have anything in particular. I don't have anybody who's made me up unhappy who I want to go out and triangle choke real bad. Um, I'm just training, enjoying it, enjoying, uh, the process of getting better. Uh, um, you, part of this quote, I train for myself. Uh, I think you also train for other people too, like your teammates and your, and your friends that you're there with. And, uh, it's kind of a, but I don't think he meant it like he's he's training just for like a selfish reason. I think what he means is I'm not if, – if let's say me and Gary are going to have a super fight. Um, I'm not going to just train to defend Gary's Kimuras and try to counter Gary's game the whole time. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do and figure out what's best for me. And then I'm, that's, that's how the style of training that he was doing uh, when he was competing at such a elite level in, in mixed martial arts. And if you think about it, that's amazing that he – was training with with that in mind. Just get better, uh, goal perfection, and um, and look at the results it got him. 
Hey, and Byron, you mentioned a, a super fight between me and you. Yeah. If it is a super fight, I want to have a, a match to the death because <laughs> I don't know if you know, I'm I'm 14, 13, and two in death matches, so uh, um, I'm pretty good. So I don't know if you want to do a super fight to the death with me. The uh, in that situation, I already have a game plan, Gary, and I hope for immediate disqualification, uh, which makes the fight, uh, you know, invalid, and they they break it apart. So then it'd be fourteen, thirteen, and three. Yes, yes. Those okay. other two guys were also smart about their uh, their death matches with you. So, and I don't know how you got out of the, some of those with the loss. I mean, you're tr- truly amazing. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you have a great team of doctors. That's all I have to say, Gary. That is true. And modern medicine. Modern medicine can do it. <laughs> but a great quote by uh, George Saint Pierre. He's uh, done a little bit of martial arts and a little bit of MMA. So uh, very. Uh, Great and he's source. accomplished. He's done a little bit of martial arts, a little bit of MMA, and he's accomplished a ton. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I always liked that he's one of the guys who would wear the gi into the octagon. You know, he would. Yeah. He didn't. Uh, he would. A lot of them train with a gi, but not. A, you know, most don't wear it into the octagon. He he would. He'd wear it proudly, and and uh, you know, and I'm sure he's still rolling today. Yeah, and I remember before fights, he would always uh, go to New York City and train with uh, uh, Henzo's Academy there. I always thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, that is cool. Gary, the music is telling us to keep things moving right along, and we've got an article of the week. We have another great article um, this week, and I'll let Byron, I'll let you take the article this week. This is from startjujitsu.com, and uh, the the title of the article is simply Tips for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Beginners, which is great. Hey, which is perfect. Start Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> so they've got a few tips here. Uh, I'll take the first one. Uh, relax. <laughs> I grappled a, a, a new person today, this morning, and uh, some, somebody brought the, the guy in, and he's an athlete, to say the least. Uh, I think uh, an elite athlete in other sports would be a better way to say that, but didn't really have much grappling experience. And we start rolling, and there's no relax. And that's kind of what I expect. That's that's a lot of times why uh, more experienced people will be teamed up with, with beginners, because why... You know, you try to get your the new people to relax and to go in a control manner, and then you pair them up with somebody like this, and they just get destroyed, and it's not fun. It's like, man, that didn't work at all. So, get them with someone a little bit more experienced. And I experienced uh, a bit of a throat grab at one point in time. <laughs> um, a couple of fingers got uh, got pulled on, and so from that experience alone, he had a less pleasant. No, I didn't maul him to death, but because it wasn't that sort of a death match like Gary's in a lot of times. But I controlled him the whole time. And I, and I didn't let him uh, break a finger, and I didn't. He only grabbed my throat once and tried to squeeze it. Like that's, he would have had a funner time if he relaxed. And and he and we showed him moves for forty five minutes before we actually rolled. And if he was tried to do a few of those moves, he would have had a better time, um, just because he could have tried to work some stuff. And when you go crazy, you don't relax. You really put limits on on your training partners. That somebody described it to me like this: if we're gonna box. And, 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 and we're, and I'm just gonna swing as hard as I can every time. I've got no choice. If I'm the better boxer, they just knock you out. Just to, just to push you, cause I can't, there's no, not a lot, not a lot of growing and learning in that. It's gonna, just gonna take care of the situation. And so, uh, it's like, you know, light boxing is, is a good way to learn a little bit about boxing. Um, man, I like that analogy about boxing there, cause, I've never. I'm going to start using that when I roll with somebody new and, and kind of explain that. I think that think that goes good. I've always had trouble explaining, but I think that does make a, a good point there. 
Yeah, and you get a good boxer, and you and you want to go hard with them, uh, you'll experience good boxing pretty quick. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. go light and respectful and try to learn boxing, well, it's up to them, and hopefully they will show you, um, you know, a little bit more of a finesse side of boxing. But yeah. hey, let's go on to point number two. And yeah, kind of goes into goes back to point number one, but uh, number two is focus on learning, not winning, and that's the same thing uh, about relaxing almost or going, you know, balls out on that. But, uh, you know, like the, the author says, there are times to win a role. But when you're just starting, that should be seldom. You, we're here to learn. Um, kind of like what you were saying about the guy you trained with this morning. Uh, you'd shown him moves for 45 minutes, and all those moves went out the window. And that's what jiu-jitsu is all about. I mean, it even kind of goes back to uh, George St. Pierre's quote we were just talking about. You know, uh, he says he's striving for perfection, but he'll never get there. So basically that tells me he's learning all the time. And and here we want to learn let's when we're first starting winning's not that important and and i know when i first started i wish somebody would have told well probably people did tell me that i was just too hard-headed i was always trying to win and uh it really did hold my my myself back but uh the author gives a, a recommendation says in, in free rolling um have two techniques in each position that you'd like to work on and try to have those two techniques uh, combined together and uh, he talks like a such as a scissor sweep and a triangle choke from the close guard. But this will give you some focus in your sparring. But remember, it's all about learning. Uh, the winning will come down the road. Yeah, I think a, a, a way to, to do this, um, the, the focus on learning and not winning, is is the third point, survive. Um, and then he's got a nice quote in here from, from Ryan Hall. Uh, There's a proper posture for every position and you need to you need to be aware of that and you need to have a couple of things to do uh, from those positions um to to help you help you survive you're, you're new at this and the odds are the person that you're training with isn't as new especially if you're you know within your first few months of training and uh and survival is part of it you need to know your do's and don'ts from each position and you could do the right thing and still get tapped out. But as long as you know them, for me, it feels like, well, I was trying to do the right thing. I just couldn't stop it from happening. You know, like, it's, it's one thing if you're getting, uh, you know, caught in Camorras all the time because you're, you're turning the wrong way and your elbow's sticking out and all these things. But if, if you know how to avoid it and you know how to try to get out of this thing and you still get caught, well, you're working on it. Maybe you have a little bit more to learn, obviously, but, um, it just feels like you have good direction in as far as – to me, it's less frustrating when I get caught with a sweep or submission and I had an idea how to get out than if when I'm just clueless and it's like, okay, what happened there? You know, What should I have done? Those are questions yeah. you should be asking after that sort of situation. So, yeah. And you kind of know, like you said, you know what you're supposed to be doing. It may not have worked that time. It may not work the next time, but you know it's going to work in the future. You've got, you've got the basics down. It's going to happen sooner or later. And uh, point number four, take home one positive a day. And I think this is a huge one. I've known that a bunch of our interviews with uh, elite level uh, black belts that we've talked to, I know a couple of them have talked about, you know, taking home a positive or, or telling their students one positive thing after a match or, you know, two positive things. But, you know, it's, it's, it's very humbling. Jiu-Jitsu is humbling. And it's going to, you're going to seem overwhelmed when you first start like there's so much that you don't know these these people are just manhandling you and 
you know, you're always told to leave your ego at the door, but it, sometimes it can be hard to do. But no matter what, if you think about it, if you break everything down, each day there is going to be something positive that happens. You know, it's kind of like surviving um, that Byron talked about just a minute ago. I used to have this one really big training partner uh, that I trained with all the time. <laughs> he used to just maul me, just kill me. And I used to just like think I had a good round if I got a hook in the right spot or if I did and it's something as small as that. It's ridiculous that, that I counted that as, as a uh, positive. But going against that guy who was so much bigger and stronger and Athletic, and I couldn't really do anything with him. And, and each round, I would I would go like that, and I would I'd bring something positive out of it. But there's always something positive. And what I try to do with with students I see uh, training, especially like if uh, if your instructor is showing you a move, and when you're rolling, that person hits the move on you, yeah. man, that that's the coolest thing in the world. No matter what, that's a huge positive. I always like to bring that up when we're rolling. You know, I'll be something like, yeah, I'm still rolling. And but the guy got me. But you know, I'll be talking to him while we're rolling. It's like, man, that's awesome! You got that move, and you know, anything like that is uh, just little things like that. Put them into smaller steps to hit those goals, and uh, and it just make your make your day that much better, and make you that much better. Yeah, you'll learn a lot of techniques uh, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, even your first month. And if you you're not going to remember all of them, but if you could pull off a technique or two in class that you learned that day, the odds of you remembering that move just skyrocket. It's just it's just cemented in your mind so much stronger that you did it on somebody and it actually worked because so little is working for you at this time. It just screams, "This is a good technique. I need to remember this," and your your mind will hang on to that a little bit better. So I love it when students attempt even uh, what we did in class today. It shows that they a paid attention and and b. Uh, are willing to change their game a little bit while we're rolling to, to expand their their knowledge and their experience of jujitsu. Yeah, I like what you said. You like it when they attempt. Not even if they get it. Where I was talking about the guy gets it and I'm giving him a positive. Just attempting it is huge. Like Byron said, it may not be your move, but you're trying it. And I'll never forget when I first started, believe it or not, I, I never thought I'd get a triangle. I, I used to think a triangle was too tough of a move. I'll never get this on anybody. It'll never be my move. And, and I had that in my head. I don't know why. And then next thing you know, I'm hitting triangles left and right. It's uh, Even though I had it in my head, my instructor made me keep drilling them, made me keep doing them. And pretty soon it became my move. If it was just me training, I would have said, hey, this move's not going to work for me. I don't know why I said that. But, you know, my instructor kept on me, and uh, pretty soon I was uh, hitting triangles. So you got to try it. Yeah, and it's uh, that's how you get. <laughs> that, that, that's a, a great example of, of of getting better through a little bit of grit while you're rolling. The article is on startjujitsu.com, written by T. P. Grant. He also writes for Bloody Elbow and FlowGrappling.com. So, um, nice article. We'll put. We obviously didn't uh, cover the entire article, so we'll put a link to it in the show notes for you. You can check it out, my friends. Yep, bloodyelbow.com, so don't miss it. And uh, Bloody Elbow is kind of like when I first started rolling with Byron, and I'd always reach and try to choke him, and he would armbar me. Felt like I had bloody elbows. Bloody elbow. That that bloody elbow would always get extended, and <laughs> <laughs> that was about a month worth of a technique, and then yep. uh, you escaped it every time. Well, hey, it worked for a month, more than a month. You're being nice to me. Now I'm getting caught in triangles all the time, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gary, with us wrapping up the article, uh, we can smoothly – I was first of all, I want to wish everybody a happy new year. 2016 is, is upon us. 
I uh, hope everybody had a great uh, 2015. And, uh, you know, time marches on. If you're, if you're not, uh, not getting better at something, you're probably getting a little bit worse, at, you know, if you're, it's getting stale. So, uh, focus on whatever you want to get better at and, uh, and kick it up this year. Right, Gary? Yep. And hey, also too, uh, you know, I know a lot of people have been wanting to try jujitsu and it's always good, uh, you know, starting the new year. A lot of people will put that on their, uh, uh, New Year's goals, so uh, great time to uh, go check out your local jiu-jitsu academy and uh, and give it a try. Listen to our podcast to hopefully help you out, but uh, definitely the most important, you know, the biggest step is, you know, go to your local academy, talk to your instructor, and uh, try to class at when we hope you'll enjoy it. Yep. Not, it's not that big a deal. Just go try it. It's If, if you're a little bit nervous about uh, getting in there on the mat, Bring a everybody, friend. yeah, bring a friend, and everybody's been there. So, yep. um, find the person with the biggest smile and start talking to them, and, and uh, it, it won't be nearly as bad as what you're thinking. If you're if you're listening to us and you don't actually train, hopefully this this New Year is a motivation for you, and you just get in there and, and try it out. It's it's a great time, and it's 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 so amazing, Gary, that we're able to have fun and exercise at the same time. Man. Yeah, that's. I mean, a lot of people don't like to exercise. To be honest, I actually do. But the best thing is when you don't like to exercise. Jiu-Jitsu can be very, very fun, which you forget it's exercise. It's yeah. so fun. Yep. Gary, I, I tallied it up. I almost forgot. Uh, last year, 2015, we had over 70 hours of podcasting uh, material for our audience. Well, I think we should try to increase that 10% to 77 hours. Okay. Maybe just yep, a little bit more. Goal. Hey, maybe just a little bit more banter before the interviews, and there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that actually might hurt our, hurt <laughs> our ratings. <laughs> more banter after the interviews, and everybody's kind of just chilling. Yeah, we'd have to have some great guests. Uh, more banter with our guests. There we go. That's the key. Better That's chance key. to get us another ten percent. Yeah, always. Right before we air the interview, we play the little segment of the world's most interesting grappler, and we're, we've got a good number of those uh, getting ready to be recorded very soon. So we'll have some fresh ones off the off the press. Yes. Uh, so until that point, we have um, the most interesting grappler diaries, and uh, our our most interesting grappler in the world here is traveling across the North Pole, and in this journey, he uh, he's looking for a place to train, and he's not necessarily the smartest man but uh, he's a very interesting grappler so we're going to accompany him for several episodes as he makes his journey across the north pole uh, to find some grappling uh, partner up there and uh just kind of just to experience this with him it's it's very historical you know if you if you're big into jiu-jitsu history um this happened a while ago and it's really an amazing journey he had and his uh, quest to grapple uh in the north pole so um so a couple of these will be a little different and then uh We'll be back to the normal, uh, this kind of little factoids of uh, most industry grappler. But this will be his uh, his journal. So we'll air that, and then we'll air the interview with Abraham Marte. So here we go. Diary of the World's Most Interesting Grappler. This is a reading from my diary. As I made my way to the North Pole, my goal was to find a place up there to train. For this is one of the few places on my map that I have never trained. Dear Diary, this is my 15th day as I hike to the North Pole. My Google map search has shown me no jujitsu gyms nearby. My worst fears are being realized. It is not the lack of food or even my shriveled testicles that bother me the most. It's the thought that this might be the one place on 
God's green earth that jiu-jitsu has not reached. My mind is staying strong, and I will not give up. I will find someone to tap out. I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the BJJ Brick Podcast. Stay sweaty, my friends. All right, my friends, I'm happy to bring Abraham Marte to the BJJ Break Podcast. Abraham, welcome to the show. Hello, guys. Happy to have you on the show. Uh, we'll be uh, talking about a few things today. We definitely want to get to know you a little bit better. And then uh, we also have uh, – we're going to talk about BJJ for change and uh, fight for a dream, uh, two things that are kind of coming together and, and helping out uh, the people of uh, – be more stoked to be on the brick right now, man. Well, good, and and we are we are also stoked to have you on the show, Abraham. You've got uh, a lot of competition experience. Be. You've got a lot of competition experience. You tell us a little bit about your your competition history and and where you're from. Oh man, believe it or not, like I have a I have a competition history, but compared to my fellow competitors, like at the black belt division, I actually don't have that much uh, experience because up till the brown belt. I only used to do like one competition or within one or three competitions a year, actually. Um, which if you add those up, now like most blue belts have more, more tournament experience than, um, than me, let's say. But, uh, I actually started competing in, in 2006 as a white belt. I went to the first pans. That they had in California, so that's that was my very first competition ever. And then after that, I've com- I've competed every year since 2007. I've been at every world championship. I've I've medaled uh, in all but but two of those, and I won. I, I managed to win at every belt rank. At, at the black belt level, I finished third in the adult division, and like a couple of times, and basically it. I, I competed in masters also as a black belt. I did very well, and basically that's it. Uh, yeah, I didn't think I was gonna be a high level competitor any uh, ever, but I just used to travel uh, to to compete to like for the challenge of it and like just to like test my jujitsu. Yeah. See what I had to work on, come back home and work on it. And uh I've been, you know, I've I live in the Dominican Republic and I've trained here my whole life. Uh so only like in at Purple Belt that I made my first trip down to Brazil uh, to like the same thing, just to test myself and spar and stuff. And then I went back in 2011 as a brown belt. And then, like, from brown belt on, it's when I decided, you know, I wanted to be, like, a more serious competitor, let's say. And uh, when I got my black belt, I decided to do jiu-jitsu full-time after about, like, two years. So after a year and a half of being a black belt, like, last year I decided uh, I'm just going to do jiu-jitsu because my goal is to be the best in the world. So I think... Uh, that requires, like, you know, uh, in my in my 
uh, reality, my person, it requires like uh, focus on on that task. Like I'm not very good at multitasking, so I stop working and and uh, and then just do like just compete and train and and, and teach jujitsu right right now. So that's what that's what's going on. So uh, you're a, a world class competitor. You've proven that at every belt level, and, and now you're at black belt, and you're you're competing in both adult and masters levels. How often are you training and, and preparing for competition? I'm sorry. How often? Yeah. How many times a day do you train? And kind of tell us a little bit about your schedule. Um, I only competed in the in the masters uh, division uh, last uh, 2014. Just because of, I felt like I was lacking since since I didn't compete very often. I, I felt like I was losing a lot of fights due to experience. Meaning, like you know, playing with the rules, playing with the time, playing with the score. I have a very forward game, yeah. Uh, where I, you know, very submission oriented game, and yeah, at the black belt level, you know, you need every every possible angle you can to to get the W's. So, so I felt like I needed experience. So then 2014 and this year I competed like the most ever, like, you know, I must've competed about maybe 10 times, uh, last year. And then this year, probably about, about the same, about, about seven or six times. But the training for that, well, oh, those competitions included ADCC, a five grappling invitational, and then I did like a killer camp uh, for the ADCC. I put together an, an awesome camp with Cyborg. So th- it's uh, these last two years are the the years I've I've developed the most as a as a martial artist, you know. And as a competitor, let's say. So I'm still growing. Yeah. But I even forgot what your original question was. <laughs> Just asking about how, how often you train and, and. Oh, how often do I train? Yeah. Well, well, uh, here and historically, I train like four to five times a week, uh, two hours, two hours a day, basically, with my students and friends. Okay. That's historically. For the ADCC, we yeah. did a killer camp and. Where we train, you know, um, a bunch of pros got together, but we used to train also once a day. Actually, it was really hard training, but it was a once a day training. So, I basically train once a day. If, if that answers your question, yeah, it, that sounds amazing. Though you, a lot of times I'll read about uh, other high level competitors and they're training like a full time job. They get up, they train. Uh, uh-huh. You know, in the afternoon they're doing weights or cardio and then they go back and they train again with more oh, I do also I do physical like uh, uh, my physical training my strength uh, my strength training I do that three or four times a week okay uh, depending on on what you know on the periodization like depending on on, on what um, what's the goal or the objective of, of uh, in that period of time you know so we do a, a yearly Yearly uh, planner with uh, important competitions uh, built into there. So, uh, as part of you know, as part of the structure, so I peak at the most important competition, which is uh, uh, IBJJF Worlds, is my main goal to win at the adult level and division and absolute. 
Wow. And uh, it sounds like you're you're uh, on your way to reaching that goal. I mean, your your yes. history that you that you have behind you and your ability to perform on the mat uh, seems remarkable. How how is it training? Um, you know, a lot of times you hear people like kind of training on an island, you know, away from everybody else. How is it training? Yeah. That, that's what's going on, quite literally. Like you don't have, you know, hundreds of different black belts to train with. And, and how are you able to train and prepare for these different styles of jiu-jitsu? But I, I don't think anybody does. That's the thing. Like I've traveled all over the world. I've gone to the best schools in the United States. I've gone to the best schools in Brazil. I mean, honestly, so let's say except for the Alliance camp in Sao Paulo, okay? Yeah. Let's take that out of the, this conversation, this, this uh, statement, okay? Okay. Because that's like an anomaly. It's like uh, they have, you know, talents picked and put together there, but not not necessarily organically. But let's say, other than that, I don't think anywhere else in the world do like, three of the top 20 guys in jiu-jitsu train together. You know? Like, I I don't think so. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like, especially, I'll use my division as an example. I I train in the ultra heavyweight division. So, in the ultra heavyweight division, uh, I don't think any of us have a training partner that's one of the top 10 in, in that same weight class. I don't know if that if you understand what I'm saying. So, so let's say we have Bushesha from Checkmat, and we have Gabriel Lirio from Checkmat. So those are two two guys that have good results in tournaments, and they're from the same team. But other than that, then uh, I, I've been by myself always. I joined GF team last year. From GF team, we have one more guy, Evangelista. I never trained with him. Cyborg is by himself. He doesn't have another big guy to train with. Uh, Alexander Trans is by is by himself. He doesn't he doesn't have like another guy, guy of that, that caliber to train with. Um, although now we're all on the same team. Like now, Alexander Trans, myself, and Evangelista, we're all on the same team now. So that's gonna be fun. But you know what I mean? Like people kind of make it uh, think in their head uh, that you have to have like a, like you have to have like a, let's say. Uh, all-star camp. Uh, but I don't even know if that exists in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the, the Lloyd Irving people got a lot of hype uh, a couple of years ago, but none of those guys were like top, top level black belts. They were like good colored belts. You know what I mean? If you look at it objectively and the more you educate yourself, you'll understand this right now. in, uh, for example, Marcelo's school, they have like a bunch of, of kids who just got their black belt and they're doing pretty well, but they're they're still not top of the food chain black belts training together. They were top of the food chain brown belts, and that's the, one of the only environments where you can get that. Other than that, you have like Atos, uh, you know, uh, Atos in in uh, Andre Galvao's, but like I tell you, like there's not. Nobody trains with many people from their own division. That's that's I don't think that's that's my assessment to that. So I don't. I've never. I'm 250, 260. I'm between 250 and 260 pounds. Pretty technical. Pretty good level of jiu-jitsu. There's not that many guys 
my size that are elite black belts in the world. So, like, if I if I wait around, if I wait around for that to happen, like, I would, I would already, you know, would never train in my life. <laughs> yeah. So how? Okay, I'm I'm about 175 pounds. Yeah. Um, black belt, but definitely not elite. I've just been training for 12 or 13 years. Um, could you, could we train together and you get something out of it very much? I mean, of course, that's the only way. That's the thing. That's the, 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 the number one thing I, I try to pass on to my students and peers is you have to learn how to learn, you know, and you have to learn how to train and you have to train to train. So, uh, you have to take advantage of everything. So I don't know what your name is, but let's say you have a really good spider guard. Then of course I, I have to, I have, I can get, take advantage of our training. So I, I go in, I get your, let you get me in spider guard and try to, try to discover the position, try to, try to discover the jujitsu. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like dancing. So it's, it, it's exactly like dancing, I believe. So it's just like you say, Oh wait, like, you know, you can only dance with people your own size. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, or, or like sex. It would be another, another, uh, good, you know, example to use than like, oh, I, you can only have sex with people your own size, you know? But no, you don't. And then you learn, you know, if you have a small, a small sparring partner, you learn how to, how to spar with him. You have a medium sparring partner, you learn how to spar with him. You big ones learn how to spar with him, and it makes you more versatile. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it sounds like that's that's uh, part of your training is, is being able to train smartly, and um, that's the only way I can do it. Give me one second. Okay. So if you're 175 pounds and I'm training with you, man, definitely I should be. I it makes me a better practitioner. It makes me a better competitor. It makes me a better martial artist. It's more of an intellectual exercise. If I learn how to take advantage of that, you understand? Yeah. So instead of muscling you, you know, I kind of try to discover what you're doing. You know, like let's say I'm a dancer and I'm all of a sudden exposed to a new type of dance. So I go to Spain and I'm exposed to like uh, flamingo dancing, and I try to discover that. You understand? And then we go to Africa, and I'm in fucking Zimbabwe, and they have some weird, some some, some ancestral dance there, and I try to discover and understand that dance. Not just I'm from Dominican Republic, fuck their dance. Let me just merengue. You understand what I mean? Yeah, it sounds like you would if. If my, my spider yard game is, is my best part of my game, uh, you're going to uh, allow me to work with that and you're going to kind of discover what I'm doing and uh, and not just yeah. like smash right through it every time. You're, no, you're going to gonna see what's going no, on and learn. Discover. Yeah. Even if even if it, if it's not even a, a position, if even if it's a, a way of moving that you do, you know, like I have a friend who's like super good at escaping submissions. So he'll like almost you almost almost have him, and he'll explode out. So what does that make me? It makes me discover how to make the adjustments to avoid that from happening. So every submission became tighter. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
as opposed to I saw some I think I saw something oh fuck dude I don't remember I think it was the the the, the north cut from the UFC like that blonde kid you know what I'm talking about no I, I'm not familiar well, there's this guy. He's like a little up-and-comer guy, right? Okay. So he was there, man, and he had a position like to finish the fight, and they ended up scrambling, and, and he didn't finish the fight. So, for example, like, like Damian Maya would be a case study for that in, in jiu-jitsu. Like, you see how he imposes positions, you know? Yeah. And that's because he's already been able to adapt to many different types of people's games by becoming familiar with them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, man, that's. Uh, I think that's what that's that that would be something amazing to accomplish, you know. So and and all my life I've had to be able to learn like that because I've never had a flux of of high level people to train with. I, I live in the Dominican Republic and I train with like white and blue belts and who some have reached now the brown belt and purple basically. Yeah. For up till brown belt, my best sparring partner was like a guy about your size, and like he was a blue belt. That was my best sparring partner here back home. Wow. That, yeah, that really uh, makes me think I need to train a little smarter and and uh, and, and, and uh-huh, get the uh-huh. most out of each of my teammates that I have, and and I could always uh-huh. be getting better, and so can they. More more than even just focusing on training smarter is like like. Like two things, like number one, don't bitch about your situation to yourself. Yeah. Thinking, oh man, these guys train with mandates. No way I can beat them. Don't do that, number one. And number two, I, have, <laughs> I, I had something epic, but it just, I lost the stream. I focused on mandates and I lost the stream. <laughs> but it's all right. But yeah, man, just make the most of it and, um, you know, and de- develop, like, develop yourself, expose yourself in training, you know? Oh, I get it. So, instead of depending on your environment to improve your training, improve your training to improve the environment. Does that make sense? Could you give me an example? Yes. So instead of focusing on what I'm lacking here, like I don't have anything, I don't have anybody here to train with, no competitors, and then I'm stuck. Instead of focusing on that, I'll focus on improving my own training to improve the whole environment of my academy. So it snowballs into a better training for everyone, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's what I'm saying. So instead of focusing on how the, the surrounding is going to help you focus on how you're going to help yourself and, the, you know, like uh, Tom Hanks and Castaway. So instead of focusing on how the island was going to fuck him over, he focused on what he could do to, like, fix his situation and the island. And he probably, you know, if he stayed, I don't, I don't remember if he probably had, like, a, a whole little garden already, like, by the time they picked them up, probably, you know? And, like, an irrigation system and all that stuff. Yeah. 
you know, and probably farming a couple of animals too, like domesticated some boars and shit like that. So he focused on himself after he bitched enough and he was almost starving, you know, then he focused on himself making it happen. And that, that's where, that's what he could change the most is, is what's going on with you. That's the, that's the game changer right there. Okay. Speaking of uh, game changers, um, fight for a dream and BJJ for a change are, are hoping to make some changes in people's lives. Could you tell me a little bit about what's going on? For sure. For sure. So, so, um, BJJ for change, uh, is making a documentary about jujitsu, but that documentary is basically, um, the, the, just like the, the backbone of a big project to help uh, people in need through jiu-jitsu all over the world. Okay. And then Luchando por un Sueño uh, is one of those projects that is here in the Dominican Republic. Uh, Luchando por un Sueño means fighting for a dream. And it's going to be, uh, you know, using martial arts and, and uh, for example, the, in, the, in the way of jiu-jitsu, Boxing and and wrestling, so martial arts and combat sports, right? Uh, as a as a tool for self improvement and create opportunities for people to better themselves. So, you know, not just self improvement, but better their their situation in life. So, you know, you come in here, you're going to have access to high level um, instruction in these disciplines. And man, you already know how, how many good things people get out of jiu-jitsu. You know, you even end up getting jobs through the people you meet in jiu-jitsu. You know, so uh, that's hopefully gonna keep kids out of bad stuff, out of the streets, and you know, focused on sports. Maybe some of them can be great champions, and the ones that can be great champions already have that. Um, discipline and hard work installed in them, which is also going to uh, have a rippling effect in, in their life, you know, it's going to it's going to transmit directly into their into their day-to-day you know, so uh, that's basically what we're doing, we, you know as well as I do, like how, how amazing, like jujitsu is in, in, in changing people's lives, you Yeah, know? it's very empowering, it's very like you know uh, fucking! It's like the it's like the cure all, you know. Cures fucking depression, and social anxiety, all that stuff, you know. And and it's an exercise in humility, also every time. Uh, so focusing on the on, on like values and and you know honor, hard work, man. Imagine the the. Like the possibilities with that in the youth, you know what I mean. So uh, it's a it's 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 a cool moment because the sport is developing right now. Jiu-jitsu is, and also mixed martial arts is developing. So, man, fuck, the sky's the limit, you know. And uh, and I, I'm just stoked for all this to happen. So what ended up happening is. Uh, Luchando por un sueño, linked with uh, Big Year for Change. And the first stop for the filming of the documentary is going to be here in a camp we're putting together in February where 
uh, Cyborg, Leandro Lo, and myself are going to be teaching like a four-day camp. Wow. Uh, in the middle of winter for you guys. It's uh, February 18th through 21st. And it's going to be like at a paradise resort here in, in, in Dominican Republic, which for people who don't know this, like paradise here, man. Yeah. Um, or it's not like it's it's paradise here. <laughs> like beautiful, the most beautiful beaches you can think of. The weather is perfect. The people are super, super friendly. You know, the food is good. The vibes are good, you know. So now we're also going to have some world-class jiu-jitsu happening. And hopefully we can all, you know, connect and bond, which is another great aspect of jiu-jitsu is like the connections we make with one another, you know. It's uh, it's amazing, man. It's an amazing time. And I'm looking forward to this year is going to be great. So this is uh, going to raise money to help uh, promote, promote jiu-jitsu and boxing and wrestling with kids? Yeah. Well, well Fighting for a Dream is a project. That's going to be like a, a, a school, you know, imagine like a big school where okay. kids have access to these, like they come in for free and learn, you know, for learn martial arts. They can choose one discipline or they can do all of them, you know, and uh, the camp is going to be the, the, the economical kickoff, like the Kickstarter for it is going to be this camp, you know. Up till now, uh, my 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 uh, my partner Caleb and I have been kind of doing this out of pocket, like bankrolling this ourselves, but in a smaller scale. Now it's gonna be something bigger, you know, and really like reaching to the to the uh, least fortunate, like the, you know, to the the kids in like. The slums, you know what I mean? Yeah. And really, like, give them an, um, an option. Because you know the story, man. Like, a lot of these kids end up doing, like, bad stuff, but they don't start out that way. It's just after, like, frustrations and after life doesn't really give them many chances, they end up, you know, falling into the into the vicious cycle of, of how, you know, poverty works, no? So... Hopefully we can give them a, 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 another another way out through sports. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's the, the sports, but jujitsu specifically that I've seen uh, would help help kids in a lot of ways. You know, like sure. they, they learn the value of hard work, and I think especially with uh-huh. uh, some some people that if that's not put into the, their heads, you know how how important it is to work hard. That's something that's going to hold them down uh, for the rest of their life, and they, they don't value the hard work. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, uh, I think when I look, when every time I, I do some, uh, like, you know, existential analysis to life, you know, and uh, I think uh, entitlement is 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 like one of the the big, you know, poisons that that we have in the world right now. Like, people think they deserve stuff without working for it, you know? And honestly, like, nothing nothing in life happens like that, man. Like, you have to really, you have to work for stuff, you know, and understand the value of that, you know, and, 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 and cherish it. And uh, and that's what, what, that's what, in the end, makes you successful, I think. 
Yeah, and know? and as, and for kids, there's only one person that can make your jujitsu uh, better, and that's that's you yourself. You know, that's the kid. Yes, and and putting in that hard Correct. work. Another thing I think jujitsu would help uh, with kids um, is to see the value in friendship and the value in their team and. And, and develop these great relationships with their teammates and make new, make friends and see that, that they're learning from them. And I, and I think a lot of times that that goes under, uh, notice, I'm, um, outside I'm of sports. I'm nodding my head. I'm nodding my head as you speak. But a, big <laughs> thing, a big thing in, like in my school and, and something I believe strongly is in a lot of values that unfortunately I see are being taken for granted in, in, or, or misused in our jujitsu world. Uh, but like things like loyalty, honor, and respect, it's not just words. You know what I mean? Yeah. They but- are real palpable concepts and ways of acting, you know, that, you know, entitlement is the exact opposite of that. So, uh, me, myself, uh, I'm, at least in this country, I'm the most successful competitor in jiu-jitsu, for example. Yeah. We're the only successful competitor in jiu-jitsu. And I'm also the only guy that's, that from, from the people who have competed that, that stuck with my, with my master. So I'm still, since day one, I'm still with my master, you know? And, you hear terms like in the jiu-jitsu world, like creote and and shit like that, but it's um, loyalty, respect. It's like a two-way street, you know. Sometimes I see this a lot. Uh, people expect loyalty from the students, but they don't act loyal themselves. You know. Yeah. And. And a lot of these, like, attitudes are like a cancer in, in the jiu-jitsu community. And it's something that I also try to make very evident every time I meet people, you know, I, I make, like, a real connection based on, like, the, the, gen, the genuity of, of the person and, and, and of, you know, what's, what's in their heart. You know what I mean? Um, like, I, I, I had the same, since I started, uh, since I started competing, I stuck with the same team, like the same affiliation. Yeah. All the way until last year. But that's parallel to my master. So I've always been with my master, but we were affiliated to the same team since I started competing. Even when, like, it was just like an affiliation on paper, like nothing was, no interaction was happening, you know? But, I, I, like, loyalty is a very, like, important thing to me. But, like I told you, it's a two-way street. Yeah, I mean, there needs to be something uh, to be loyal there, and, loyal too. And the same thing goes with, with, with teammates, with friendships, with relationships, everything, you know? Yeah. So, um... I think, man, that jiu-jitsu has been very polluted since, since the start. Like, uh, as, uh, like you told me you've been training for 13 years, man. Something like that, yeah. Same as me. Basically, I started like in 2002, exactly. Yeah, so we yeah. started at the same time. 
And um, so Jiu-Jitsu has been very polluted since the start, you know. So, you know, maybe just just thinking about it, like all, all the shit we even thought was kind of cool back in the day, like people going out and, and having street fights and or beating up people. And then like whatever, the story got to us how it got to us because, you know, history is written by whoever writes the fucking book, right? But some of the shit that, like, when I was a kid, I used to think was kind of cool, like, the violence and all that. Now I kind of, like, you know, shun that. Like, it's not cool, dude. It's not fucking cool to, to, like, fucking, if you're a martial artist and and an example, like, it's not cool to, to be out on the street, like, having street fights, man. It's the fucking opposite. That's fucking retarded. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and obviously we're not trying to uh, get kids doing a free jiu-jitsu to have better uh, quality street fights. I mean, it's it's improving well, exactly. other parts of their life, you know? Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. So jiu-jitsu has been very polluted since the beginning. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? And, uh, and then all that, man, and we've had people from all sorts of, like, different educations, different life situations, and... Fuck, dude, like, a lot of shady shit has gone down, like, man, it's no coincidence how many stories from from when you and I started about people dying over, like, drug shit and stuff like that, and then, no, this guy died in a shooting, and no, this guy got stabbed and died, no, this guy overdosed, this guy this and that, man, but if you're in a martial art lifestyle... It should be the opposite of that stuff, you know? Yeah. So, since we're like thinking entities, we can now, you know, have the, the, the capability of, of fucking looking at all this and understanding what's good and what's not, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's how we can make a change. You know what I mean? I, I, I talked about this on the last podcast. Uh, we it shouldn't be like a normal conversation nowadays that there, so many people are like a douchebag in in the in the gym at the gym at the academy, you know, or or that type of ego, yeah. you know. Like we should be steering away from that. I think we are doing it slowly because because. People are getting tired of, of, of crap like that, but it's just like you. Like, I don't know uh, who you train under. I don't know who you started under. I don't know anything about your story because we've never talked about it before. But I can tell you this. When you started, you had a bunch of people up in a pedestal, and a bunch of those people aren't in a pedestal anymore. And it's because of their way of acting. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and you could – it's like uh, – it's in a, lot of, in a lot of sports. You know, you look at – Super athletes or somebody who's got a lot of ability and uh, and they mess up their personal life so bad it's like it's hard to to look at them and say I respect this person I you know th- th- this this person is still a hero to me. I was it's- talking about that yesterday with my strength coach. He's like my strength coach is a judo uh, a fourth degree black belt in judo man. He's uh, did judo since he was three years old. Uh, he's one of my really best friends in the world, and we're talking about it. And it's like. 
man, it's it's retarded what they did with John Jones, like just a slap on the wrist versus like crucifying Nick Diaz for smoking pot. The fuck, like that double standard? Yeah. Like I wrote yesterday, the UFC is disgusting with the way, like for example, that Conor McGregor and Aldo shit. Man, the way they were treating Aldo, dude, I think is fucking despicable, dude. Like, there is no respect. And I'm not talking about Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor was just pulling a fucking Muhammad Ali. But, man, the way the, the company handled shit, it was, like, very fucking disrespectful. Like, the athletes are very expendable, you know? And it kind of sucks to me, basically. You know, I think... uh we have to change from the inside out, you know? There's a lot of shit in jiu-jitsu also, like, related to, not harassment, but, but like, I've gotten the conversation where, gir- where girls feel, like, disrespected at the academies. Or, or even worse, dude, like, the classic, unless you're, like, a badass, you're, you're, you're treated like you're a piece of shit. And guess what, buddy, like... When you, when you win, when you're, when you reach your supposed goal of being the greatest, you know, the world champion at whatever fucking division at black belt, guess who's going to buy your DVD, bro? Not the other badasses, man. You know? (laughs) And, and people like you and I are older and we understand this, but since most of the practitioners are kids, they're very short sight, like, they they don't they don't look that that far I don't think you know what I mean yeah yeah it, it's it's uh, it's very important and I think that um, that's nothing that kids will learn in in jujitsu is it's the value of how you treat people that's that's so that's what I'm saying so these values and honor and respect and loyalty and love is the backbone of all of that shit you know yeah like all of it. And, and, and it's, I think it's gonna be, right now, I think we're, we're, we're at a, like a, a crucial point, man, where things have to change into a, things can go on being rotten. So, I think it's just brewing, 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 and it's gonna happen. Like, a, a good positive change is gonna happen in the jiu-jitsu world, you know? And it goes away from entitlement, away from shadiness, you know? Away from money hungry to more towards love, more towards respect, more towards real humility. Not fake humility, real humility. And, and it's just gonna be awesome because if you think about it, you and I have been doing this for 13 years because of the good stuff, not because of the, not because of the bad shit. Yeah. You know? So. Uh, jiu-jitsu, like, it's it's very easy to fall in love with jiu-jitsu, so we have to, like, really cherish it, man, and treat it as such, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. I, I'm just, just how many benefits that it's it's going to be able to provide to ki- children who are uh, having tough times and, and, and help them off of the mat, you know? Like, like you said, some of them may become champions, but the ones who don't uh, will still benefit off of the mat and, and it'll help them uh, well, with the rest of our lives. But at the end of the day, that's only, that's all that matters that how we improve as human beings. Like, man, there's no celebrities in jujitsu, man. Like the, the, the best guy in jujitsu, bro, you can ask your neighbor 
if he knows who Bushesh is, <laughs> and they do not. You know, yeah, they are not celebrities, man. You know, I have I have asked my neighbors, and they don't know. So <laughs> there you go. So you yeah, know? it's it, that that's 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 what's up. So as long as you keep that in mind, you know, all we got to do is make the thing great for ourselves. Like, you know, I'm yeah. a fan of Bushesha. I'm a fan of jujitsu still. Fuck, dude. I love, I love what's going on, man. So I think, uh, I don't love that my French bulldog just farted next to me. That, I, that for a fact, I don't love, but <laughs> <clears throat> It's 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 uh it's a it's a it's a changing point right now, man. It's uh some I I know you must feel this because if you have this podcast, man, you you feel like a lot of something is happening, man, and it's for the better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so man, I I I'm really excited about about the future. I'm really excited about this whole thing with BGJ for a change, and as far as fighting for a dream. Our goal is to create to create the the blueprint for the same project to be able to be installed here in in Brazil, in the United States of America, anywhere, dude. You know? Yeah. And it's gonna be great because when we realize we, we can all support each other and help each other and love that man. We we it's it, the possibilities are endless. Like the sky's the limit. You understand? Yeah. So so that's what's up, dude. In, in what in what other in what other context of sport can you man have a, a a personal friendship with a top guy in the sport? You know. And right now you can write to Bushesha, man, and and he's within your reach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and that's amazing. It's you just. Know? Yeah. Rodolfo came to visit me last year, man. He spent like three weeks here in my house, dude. What other sport ha that happens? <laughs> Doesn't exist, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, that's what's up, man. So the um, you said it was a, a four day camp, or is it? All right, dude, so this is gonna be like off the hook. It's a four day, four nights, all inclusive food and drink. At a premium beach resort in Punta Cana, which is like one of the most, you know, beautiful, beautiful spots in the whole Western Hemisphere. If you don't know where Punta Cana is, just put it on Google. Punta Cana, that's P-U-N-T-A-C-A-N-A. -A -A, and just like click on images and just you'll see what I'm talking about, man. So... That's going to be February 18th through 21st, and it's going to be Cyborg, Leandro Law, and myself. We're going to be teaching, you know, <clears throat> private classes are going to be available for people who want private classes. It's going to be like work, workshop-style teaching and lots of interaction, you know, like really focusing on jiu-jitsu and really focusing on, on making connections, which is something I really think it's like I really emphasize on that man like connecting with people is what what really matters in 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 the world but in our sport too you know obviously yeah and so the 
the money from this will go to uh, what buying mats, finding a place to to put this gym, yeah, or how's that of work? Course, of course, of course. So the uh, the BJ for Chase is already like donating a bunch of their proceeds to to fighting for a dream. Okay. And um, tropical dreams, uh, martial arts destinations, which is like the company that's putting together the camp. It's also gonna uh, basically donate all, all the all the all the profits to uh, to start the the structural work for for to to grow fighting for a dream here in, in Punta Cana, you know. And is so, uh, will this be filmed or how's how's that working out with the? Oh, BJ for Change is is doing a documentary for for Netflix. And, and the, the most awesome part of it is like, you can pay them, I think, a hundred dollars and you get your own version of the documentary with an edit in which you're a part of. So they're going to be filming you at the camp and then you can get your own edit of the film, but you're also like part of the feature. Something like that. Is there somewhere I could go to learn more about like the details of this, uh, yeah, man, all of this should be released within the week, man. Uh, you can go to bjjforchange.com and, uh, and, and, and information should be popping out shortly. I, all this, man, has happened like, not unplanned, but it just snowballed in the last like two weeks. So it went from being something where, uh, <clears throat> BJ for Change was gonna go to, to Brazil for two weeks and film the whole documentary there into where now they're going to film a documentary in the span of one year. So they're going to visit first Dominican Republic, then England, then Brazil, then uh, so, then somewhere else, and then also do the follow-ups. And it's all going to be like a, like a, like a, you know, you're going to see the growth of, of, of what the, the projects are trying to achieve. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that'll be that'll be amazing. And so um, it would be amazing to have you here, man. I hope you can make it down, dude. <laughs> yeah, I've I've uh, been to the Caribbean once and it was beautiful. I uh, uh, I would I'd love the opportunity to come back. I'm sorry. Where do you, where do you go in the Caribbean? I was in uh, Puerto Rico. Okay, Puerto Rico's right next to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. So if you were in the east, in the west part of Puerto Rico. Is right right across the, you know, like it's swimming distance from where we're gonna be. You know? <laughs> wow! I mean, if you're a really good swimmer, yeah, not me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's beautiful, and and I'll put I'll put links to uh, everything on the website there you for people to go to. Eaten by sharks on the way there, but I'm saying it's pretty close. You can see the lights across the across the sea. Wow, that's amazing. Uh huh. I'll, uh, I'll, if I do swim, I'll wear an, an unwashed gi and maybe the sharks will stay away from me a little bit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's my plan. Man, hopefully I will, uh, we could have you here, man. It would be great, dude. And, and start spreading the word, man. I think stuff should be up uh, within the week. We, like, you should be able to see the flyer and for the camp and then uh, all the stuff for BGJ for Change should be popping up shortly. But... In all honesty, man, I think the, we're such a tight community, man, that just yeah. word of mouth goes so far, you know? Yeah. So I think I already started, like, spreading it with all my friends, word of mouth. 
and it's super cool, man. Like, I'm, I, I, I couldn't, like, I'm super stoked about this. A little bit stressed, you know, like, want everything to come out perfect, but, uh, very, very, very excited, man. Yeah. So, uh, just kind of break for me, break it down how the, the school would, would work. You're gonna, um, we, we raise this money, you, 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 you get your school started. Well, Kids right now, could no, come and train? No, no. Give me one second. Okay. Right now, we have a school already. Okay. And, and, and we have a Basico is my academy, and we have a Basico in Punta Cana. But it's a small, like a really small venue. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's where we started doing this, you know, unofficially, like, for the last couple of years and out of pocket. But and now we're just trying to build something bigger where we can also offer boxing and wrestling. You know, the government's going to hopefully help a little bit. Uh, and, and, and fundraising like this just goes all towards making a, like a, a cool structure. And in the future, people are going to be able to travel here. You know, you're, you're from, you know, maybe, uh, Minnesota. Man, you want to spend a month in the Caribbean? You come here, you know, you, you pay, uh, reasonable, reasonably cheap amount of money to the to the project and then you stay there and train whatever you want you know world-class jiu-jitsu world-class boxing or world-class wrestling or all of it and uh you're gonna be able to like spend some time in, in paradise doing what you love so you know that's also gonna be a mechanism we're gonna be we're gonna use to to help the machine feed itself that's great, and then and then the the kids that live in the area are going to be able to come here and just train for free. Is that the plan? Exactly. Wow, that's, that's the plan, and that's how it is. That's going to be great. That's how it is right now, but it's just going to be the same thing in a in a bigger scale. You know? Wow, that's so, awesome. Yeah, dude. So all this is happening, and I think it's something amazing because once it's working, it's just going to be a blueprint to follow to do it in the United States. You have the, 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 the highest level boxing in the world, you have it there. And then uh, wrestling, the highest level wrestling in the world, you have it there. You know, jiu-jitsu, you have the highest level jiu-jitsu there. So, I can't, you know, it's going to be like this, like a blueprint. You can do it this in Flint, Michigan and keep kids from, like, becoming gangbangers into, like, actual, you know, hopefully athletes. And if not, people who, you know, do good. Yeah, it, it it's hard to be. Uh, I think sometimes a lot of kids they're just dealt a bad hand. You know, they got they have parents that uh, that don't uh, help them out properly. You know, they they may not uh, supervise them where they need. But sometimes you get a good jujitsu coach could take take that role a bit and and help steer them clear of some troubles and some obstacles in the road. And uh, even a few changes to a kid um, could could make a huge difference in the quality of their life uh, as an adult. So uh, you also have you're a busy guy. You've got um, your school there. You're you're, com- you're competing at a high level. You're you're helping the kids in your community, and you also are working on jujitsutour dot com. Is that correct? Yeah, man, that's correct. Uh, so jujitsutour, man, we're we're trying to another way we're trying to change the game in, in 2016 is by bringing people, like bringing jujitsu to the people. You know, bringing high level. Jiu-Jitsu to people in remote areas, man. Who people like yourself 
you've had like a hard time having access to, you know, maybe active competitors at the highest level and stuff like that. So it, we're trying to trying to really make the network uh, and, 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 and the connections between all of us. And Jiu-Jitsu Tour is going to be a company that is going to actually make that happen in the United States next year. So uh, keep an eye. I, I mentioned it like before. Keep an eye out for that. Go to jujitsutour.com, get on the mailing list, and just wait, man. Coming soon, changing the game, 2016, dude. So just go go on there, get on the mailing list, get notified, and keep keep an eye out. You know, sounds good. I'll Again, guys, 20, next year is going to be an amazing year. Get your get your minds right. Get your minds positive. And and we, we'll we'll all be able to accomplish great things together. Well, cool. It it uh, it, it sounds good, and uh, I'll put links to that uh, on the website as well. I agree, brother. I agree. <clears throat> well, Abraham, it's been a pleasure talking with you today, and I've learned a lot about uh, how you're training there, and, and what you're doing, and, and and what you hope to do, and, and uh, definitely excited about uh, fight for a dream and BJ for change. Man, my pleasure, Brandon. And again, can't wait to have you here. I want to extend an invitation to everyone to come visit the Dominican Republic, come visit Basico, uh, my academy. Uh, just hit me up on Facebook, man. And, you know, you have a friend here, a person who loves jiu-jitsu also. So, you know, I just want to connect with everyone and, and, and spread this thing we love so much in the best way possible, man. So, you know... I'm excited about the future, man. I'm excited about the stuff that's going on in the States also. Um, with, uh, we're doing something great there called Jiu Jitsu Tour that keep, keep, keep an eye out for that. And just basically taking over, man, but with like positive vibes and love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it, it's been a pleasure, um, helping get the word out. I'm, I'm glad, uh, I hope I've been able to help a little bit with that as well. For sure, brother. For sure. And man, no excuses. Make it down here February, dude. I will try. <laughs> All right. Os. Os. I want to thank Abraham Marte for the interview. Uh, it was nice to talk with him, getting to know him, and you could tell he's definitely passionate about uh, the cause of uh, fighting for a dream. Go to that website. Go to BJJ for Change, or if you have trouble with that at all, just bjjbrick.com. This is episode 116. Give you the full show notes. Go to the links from there. Uh, it doesn't really matter to us, but try to make it easy for you. And he also had information about his tour that he wants to do, uh, his jiu-jitsu tour. So, um, yep, a lot of great, a lot of great stuff out of him, and appreciate him uh, sharing, sharing some of his story and and what he's been up to. And I, it's just amazing that um, you can live in the Dominican Republic, train with basically students, you know, and compete at a world class level. I know it's been done before, but but most guys come out. I don't know. It's just amazing. I'm just impressed by by. Uh, by Abraham. Yeah, like you said, competing at that level. Uh, I mean, very few people can even get to that level. And, and normally it's, uh, you know, just have a, a whole ton of training partners, uh, you know, high-level training partners. And like uh, you were saying there, he, you know, he can only, it's even hard for him to go to tournaments. I mean, so he can't compete a ton either, uh, just uh, from where he's at. Yep. So, uh, find him on Facebook. We've got the link to that as well, uh, on the show notes and, uh, keep up with him and, and, and watch him go. So, uh, good times.
Uh, speaking of good times, uh, if you want to have even better times, you're always going to have a good time if you have a BJJ brick gee patch. Um, we did studies and we found out that 75% of the people who had gee patches had better times than people who did not <laughs> have gee patches. So to get a gee patch, all you need to do is go on to uh, iTunes and uh, write us a review. Uh, the funnier review, the better. Uh, send us an email. Let us know that it was you because uh, otherwise we won't know to get you a free gee patch. Uh, and that's for the United States only because we're kind of cheap and we don't have a lot of money. But anybody in the United States will will get you a gee patch. So uh, uh, send us an email, bjjbrick at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page. Let us know that it was you and uh, we'll get you out a gee patch. And you'll have good times with that gee patch. It's 70% guaranteed, right, Gary? 75. Oh, 75. Yeah, I forgot yeah. those other guys. That, that yeah. we, well, those are just the studies we did, yeah. blind studies. Blind uh, – we were blinded as we did the studies. Yeah, yep. So we can't guarantee it. <laughs> if you'd like to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. Um, go to Facebook.com and then you can put like a little slash in the web address there and type in BJJ Brick. And we should pop it right up. There's really not a whole lot of other BJJ Bricks out there. And uh, send us a message. But Gary and I both get that message. I was looking at it, Gary. We have responded to a hundred percent of our messages, and uh, our average response time is like fifteen minutes. And sometimes we get those yeah. things at night, so that really kills the response time. But that's pretty good. Yeah. One of our goals this year is one of us not sleep at night, so we can <laughs> respond quicker. I mean, the bad thing is we may fall asleep during our show, but um, we'll try to get our response time quicker. We've got a lot of a lot of resolutions that we made. Just, just hey, take it, uh, just nodding off over here, Gary, because uh, he's oh, you fell asleep. Oh, jeez. Yeah, stand up hey, late. At least you responded to those two messages we got. <laughs> Speaking of staying up late, Gary, did you did you uh, New Year's Eve just happened a little few days back? Did you did you stay up late past midnight? You know, I hate to say it, I fell asleep really early, but I had the flu. So, uh, oh, actually, today is the first day I felt good. I've been uh, been on the sidelines for the last three days. Well, I'm glad glad you're feeling better. Uh, I I did not stay up late myself. We stayed up till eleven o'clock, which our time eleven o'clock is like midnight New York time. So we watched the thing on TV, called it good, went to bed, woke up by fireworks set an hour later. So, but yeah, you know, I never liked that. I'm from the East Coast, so I'm so used to always seeing you know the ball drop and it's midnight, and then you go to bed here. Because we're an hour behind, like you got to watch all that stuff, and then you got to wait till another hour till it comes here. Like, can you imagine being in California? You got to wait another two hours. It'd be rough. <laughs> yeah, after we go, you got to wait. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I had to work. I get up at five o'clock in the morning the next day, so uh, I wasn't real eager to stay up super late and, and have a, too great of a time. Although we had a nice evening here at the house, but uh, hey, one talk about a New Year's Eve party. I got a tip for you, my friends. Uh-oh, let's hear this. One year, my brother and his uh, good buddy Oscar threw a party, which had like 100 people, and they didn't have a clock. They didn't have any sort of a countdown going on, and uh, they looked at their phones, and it was like 12.05. <laughs> so nobody even bothered to listen for it. I don't know. So uh, one of them, I don't remember, I think my brother just started counting down from five. Immediately when they saw that they had messed the time up, so if if you don't have a, anything to watch the time with or whatever, and your party, you get together, and you're past the time, 
start counting down immediately and just get that uh, ball to drop is what I guess we they do in New York. You so. know what I would have done? I would have found a clock, turned it back <laughs> to like 11.59 and just basically told everybody else clocks are wrong. There you go. And just stand by that. You know what I would have done is get a flex capacitor, put it in my car, 88 miles per hour, bam, save the day. Good idea. Yep. Man, you got some great ideas, Byron. Yeah. You have those flux capacitors. Yeah, I, I uh, appreciate the encouragement there. So like we said, we're on Facebook. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. We're, I'm trying to put up all uh, our episodes on uh, YouTube just to kind of get them out there in case uh, – just to have them as a, as a backup site, I guess. But uh, we're, we're putting our interviews on YouTube. Um, and we also have some – we're hoping to show some techniques on YouTube eventually. And whatever, any other basic uh, social media, Twitter, whatever, we're we're up there as well. But the best one is probably Facebook. Send us a message, easy. We yep. we are like hundred percent response. You send us a message, less than fifteen minutes, you'll get a response. Usually, Usually. <laughs> that's the if average, I, have, I think. If I didn't for a sleep or not, yeah. Um, but but uh, hey, don't miss next week. Uh, we got a great show as usual. We have the uh, uh, the quote of the week, the article of the week, uh, me and Byron with our terrible banter. <laughs> But we have an awesome interview uh, next week, so uh, don't miss it. We have uh, Gibson Sai. He's going to be on uh, uh, next week, and uh, you know he's just an incredible competitor, and uh, uh, basically has his own academy, uh, Spartan uh, Spartan Academy Mixed Martial Arts. So uh, uh, stay tuned next week. Yep, get to get to know Gibson a little bit better, and uh, it'll be another fun one to watch uh, throughout the year. And he's got big plans, so uh, we're happy to bring him uh, to you early on in the year. All right, Gary. Well, it's we're coming to a close on this episode, and as you last episode, you threw a surprise at me, and, and you you had an audio book that I was working on, and you wanted to talk about that. Uh, back to the normal paces here, and I want to talk about your audio book that you're working on for everybody. Um, it's called "Can You Hear Me Now." Uh, what? Yep. Can you hear me now? The Chronicles huh? of Cauliflower Ear. Yeah, I mean it's a it's an ebook that audiobook that has to be uh has to get out there for our jujitsu guys so yeah you think about how many people have had cauliflower ear or have it and uh, the problem is as what you you saw when you were just talking to me sometimes i have trouble hearing you <laughs> if you don't get proper treatment know what to do i mean you, you your hearing can definitely go down i mean it's it's like having your ear filled with wax especially if uh You've got really bad cauliflower by your ear canal, and uh, if your ear canal canal basically gets uh, you know swollen over with with cartilage, you know you're not going to be able to hear well. So that's what this book. I mean, this is a this is a very good book that's going to you know help you out. So uh, teach you how to drain it and teach you how to uh, compress it and uh, keep it healed. This is kind of like a how-to book. A how-to book, yeah. yeah. This one's actually a, a real book. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you got all the medical uh, licenses and stuff to back this up. I assume, right, Carrie? Yeah, I got it from YouTube. <laughs> from YouTube, nice. Yeah, I mean, isn't everything you see on the internet you know, true? I hope so, because we are on the internet, Carrie. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. We're true. I'm a real person. There you go. And you, yeah. you really, you really watched the YouTube video about how to drain drain someone's ear. So what? that's you say you. something. Hello. I can't hear you. <laughs> The other ear, Gary, the other one's got a little bit more oh, space. Oh, okay, yeah, I hear you now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah see, if I would have read that book before my left ear got bad, I'd be okay. Yeah. Yep, Gary's so ear's got so bad, 
we wow. lost his ears got so bad we lost our sponsorship with Beats because it wouldn't cover his ear anymore. Yeah, yep, it was terrible. Yeah. Dre doesn't like us. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's all right, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Nope. We gotta, we gotta do our thing over here, I guess, and we'll let him yep. do his thing. So, anyway, Gary, we're excited to hear about this, uh, or I guess, yeah, hear about this audio book once, once I get my ears cleaned out. Although I've never really been susceptible to cauliflower ears, so I've been, I'm pretty fortunate myself. But, uh, but I know that well, people worry. are gonna like. We'll this. work on that. Yeah, my double legs were the best work I've done on my ears, and I kind of. Backed off a little bit when my ears started to get a little bit more swollen. So, uh, well, don't worry. Every time we get you down, it's just a crossface of the ears. We'll, we'll get it just so we can test it out. Man, all right, I'll be playing this top game as much as I can. What? <laughs> <I'll> be- <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, this audiobook will be out shortly. Any idea on the price on this thing, Gary? Since it's kind of uh, highly skilled in, in medical, I, mean, I imagine you could charge a premium for a medical book. Yeah, you could probably charge premium, but, you know, we want to do that. I mean, we're good guys. I mean, it's going to be nothing more than, uh, you know, probably a buck ninety-nine, And we'd bill that to you at equal installments of 4,284 installments of $1.99. So, yeah, cheap price. Okay, I'm, I am confused, but uh, interested in uh, purchasing one of these books. So, uh, all right, Gary, we'll, we'll catch everybody next week. As always, stay sweaty, my friends. And don't forget to shower. Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. If you're listening to us and you don't actually train... Um, there's a little bit, obviously, a little bit of a, a little bit of a nervousness before you're going. <laughs> I thought that was glass breaking, Gary. <laughs> I hit something on my phone. <laughs> Sound like a, you broke a window. <laughs>